Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher and the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe and Taryn, suffice it to say, Flyers fans do not have a ton to be thankful for right now after Thanksgiving. The Flyers are on a six-game losing streak. That is the worst losing streak under Elaine Vigneault in his tenure with the Flyers. They're 8-4 eight, eight and four through 20 games. That 20 points through 20 games actually matches the same total they had in 2018-19 through 20 games. And as we all know, the Flyers underwent significant change in the middle of that season. A troubling start for the Flyers. Taryn, where is this team at? Do you feel like it's time to push the panic button, or do you think they need some time to get healthy and kind of find who they are? Um, I don't think you have a lot of time to at this point to get healthy and find out who you are. Like where where they're at at this point in the season, like there's just not. That would be great that it, if they had time and they had bodies coming back soon. They don't have either of those things. So it's not like you can wait until, you know, Kevin Hayes, when we talked to AV the one day, he was kind of like, yeah, it could be one week, two weeks, three more weeks. And you're like, well, you can't, you can't skid for three more weeks. They have five games in seven days, even if they, they like, they totally kind of miss any opportunities that week, they miss out on 10 points in a single week. So you don't really have time. Um, to wait to get healthy, you kind of just have to figure it out. Um, uh, do I think it's time to push the panic button? I don't actually really know. Um, again, because it's like, it, you're pushing the panic button on not the, not the real Flyers roster, but it is really the only roster available to you. Like, I think, Ryan Ellis in that game last night makes a world of a difference. I think Ryan Ellis in some of the games before that makes a world of a difference. Um, I think having Justin Braun available to play next to Nick C- to uh, Keith Yandel instead of having Sealer there, although Sealer far from been the, the source of a lot of issues, hides some mistakes that Keith Yandel makes. Um, I think having Kevin Hayes available in certain situations – just pumps a lot more life into the team. I think having Derek Broussard available for any situation adds a lot, given what we saw from him this season. So it it feels weird to be like, yeah, you, you really worry about this team because this team should not be the Flyers lineup, but it is. So you also do have to deal with that. Um, I just will say I was a little surprised that they, and Scott was too, I asked him on air, that they gave them the day off today. I was a little bit – I wonder if maybe they think everyone needs a mental day away from the ice and away from the struggles. But I, I said to Scott, you know, I had heard they would have today off even before the Islanders game got canceled. I heard there was a potential that it might be an off day, depending on how things went over Black Friday and the weekend. Um, and despite the Islanders game on Tuesday being canceled – you know, Scott was like, if if I'm on this team, we're practicing on Monday. Like I we if it was Laviolette back in the day, we'd we'd be out there practicing and we'd have a really hard practice. But I wonder because of health uh issues and you know, maybe there's some mental 
frustration that they feel like the best way to address is to maybe give some space if that's the reason for them not practicing today. But I, I am a little bit, a little bit surprised. So I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard to hard to press the panic button on this team because ideally like two weeks from now this won't actually be the team that that the Flyers are putting out on the ice ideally from the start of the season this isn't the team the Flyers are putting out on the ice but you know you have to make do with what you got and they're not right now I mean they're not I don't they're not making do with what they got they lost six straight so getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah, it's just That's- so hard. To, it's hard to believe how, how quickly it went downhill. Uh, over halfway through November, they were one of three teams that had yet to lose consecutive games. And the other two teams were the Hurricanes and the Oilers. Those are, those are pretty good teams. And then suddenly now they're on a six-game skid. It's the worst in the Vigneault era. Um it's given us flashbacks to 2018-19 when uh, that tumultuous season that really just kick-started all this change. That season brought in Chuck Fletcher and eventually brought in Elaine Vigneault. Like, this is type of stuff that does sometimes lead to change. Uh, I will say I do think it is early because it is an 82-game season finally, and we've seen teams overcome, you know, rough starts. I mean – 2017-18, the Flyers had a 10-game losing streak. That ended up being Dave Haxwell's best season with the Flyers. It was his best season with the Flyers. They had a 10-game losing streak um, in that season. So, well, And the 2019-20 team, you and I were talking about this one day, they had two four-game losing streaks at this point in the year. Right. So it's it's weird. And, and you know, I, I'm not trying to justify what the Flyers are going through, but um, no, it's been changed. Teams- it's just like a, there's so, there is a certain amount of reaction as if like nothing like this has ever happened before in the history of hockey or the f- history of Philadelphia Flyers hockey. And I'm sitting there like I I personally remember when they were on that West Coast trip, the 2018-20 or the 2019-2020 season, right before they got really good. That West that West Coast road trip was one of the bleakest experiences of my life yeah. <laughs> with the team. Um and and everyone thought like at the same like people were still mad at the Kevin Hayes trade. They thought like Flyers way overpaid, and still he had produced and whatever. And uh, you know who is this Chuck guy? What is AV really doing? And that was the the feeling at that point in the season. And then two weeks later, they beat the Penguins before going into the All Star break. They come out of the All Star break. I think they beat the Penguins. They beat the Capitals, who were defending at Stanley Cup champions at the time. Like, and they go off on this tear and you're like, oh my gosh, this team might be the best team in the league right now. And and it's hockey's weird. Hockey's a weird sport. I mean, just look at, look at what's happened up in Montreal. Stanley cup final last year, front office clean sweep already this season. So it has happened before guys. That's not a great thing, but it it's happened and it's happened to almost every team in the league. So, right. 
Go for it. Yeah, and what do you think? Is it time to hit the panic button in your mind? Um, I, I would have it halfway pushed down. Okay. Uh, only because, um, you know, it seems like not that long ago that we were talking about how they're really just kind of they're, – they're really outperforming themselves without Broussard and Hayes. That might as well have been six months ago now. Allison um, Hayes, you mean? Sorry, Allison Hayes, yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that seems like it was ages ago all of a sudden. And that's not necessarily just about those two guys as much as what we talked about last night on the pre- – it's, it's the guys replacing them that are hurt and the guys behind them that are hurt. And, you know, we went into the season talking about whether Nate Thompson was going to be an every-game player – and now we're talking about how they need him because he's injured and he wasn't being relied upon to be the fourth line center and a penalty killer and things like that. And, you know, so I would say the panic button is not about um, it's so, it's a little bit about some of the play of the guys that are the regulars on this team, but it's more about, I, I don't know if this team's going to be fully healthy because, you know, okay, so Hayes might come back in a couple of weeks, but if it's it's a if it's a recurrence of that injury that he had operated on twice, that doesn't get better by playing hockey. So I don't like that's the kind of stuff I would be worried about. Like, are we going to get this team at a hundred percent at all before the end of the season? Is the thing I would be, um, pa- like pressing the panic button about. Um, cause I don't know that the answer to that question is yes. Um, because we've seen it, you know, they both came back and they both got hurt right away. And that's a huge problem. We don't know exactly what the Derek Broussard severity is, but we've yet to see him slide down into that role we thought he was going to be in. So that's where I would say the panic button is problematic now there is obviously some issues on the ice um we saw it yesterday we saw it the game before with you know blind passes into the middle of the ice that result in sebastian ajo goals and uh you know just uh as scott talked about last night several times with us um the flyers have clear possession of the puck and they just give it away and it results in a goal you can't do those type of things against good teams in this league and survive. And those were not, um, you know, as Taryn mentioned, Nick Sealer, he's not the, they're not the Nick Sealers making those plays. It's Ivan Provorovs and Travis Sanheims and the guys that are, that would be in this lineup now, as well as if they were healthy that are making those plays. So that is definitely a concern as well. Um, but, you know, it, when you look at the division, and I, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast, and you talked about how we have the 82-game schedule, because of the way the schedule like unfolds on these 82 games the, and the NHL backloads the schedule with the division games, there's a lot of opportunity to have those four-point games. And that could be the saving grace for this team because if you get hot and you're playing the teams in your division, you can have those four-point games and make up some ground that in a shorter time than you might think in your mind is able to be done. Um, So 
I'm not in any means ready to write this team off. Um, and and clearly, if you listen to Scott Lawton last night, he mentioned right away we're still right in it. I'm not sure I would go that far because um, the the points ahead of them are piling up. So they are concerning. only they are only four points behind Columbus, who's in fourth in the Metro right now. That's right, the and is the Metro is leaving a the Metro is stacked. It is a very good division, but other than like. Washington and Carolina, a lot of teams are leaving a lot of points out on the board right now, which could sneaky help the Flyers. The problem is, is that like, like if they win that game against Carolina, they like jump the devils right now and they don't look like they're second from the bottom. They, they're still in six, which they've been lingering around fifth and six all year. But like the Islanders who are typically one of the scariest teams in the division have left so many points on the schedule. And I know their schedule is very difficult, but like they're the, you can say the same thing for the Flyers. Like they have, they can't make any excuses either. And I know they're going through a COVID pause right now, so it'll be interesting to see how they come back from that. But the the middle of the Metro has left a lot of points on the schedule, and the Flyers, like the Flyers, have played less games than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's only four points ahead of them. Um, New Jersey has a game in hand. New Jersey's two points ahead of them. Like there, there are. There are places where they could make this up because of how underperforming the middle of the Metro has been. The problem is, is that the top two teams are absolutely running away, running away from everyone with every single point they can get. And that then you're like staring at the wild card being like, Oh, is this how we're going to have to do it? And that gets dicey too. And I, I don't, I mean, when we look at the wild card, like the flyers, yeah, the Flyers have some work to do. I'll be honest. I don't think I don't think that management or the coaching staff or anyone even cares about the standings right now. It's it's about are the Flyers well constructed enough to be mm-hmm. a good team this season? Is this well, remade team good enough? Because it's not even about like the other teams. It's so early. It's not even about that. It's about is this team good enough? And I think a lot of people doubt that. Are they going to be healthy enough? Are they built well enough to be a good team again? I agree. But they have said. Right, they all said before the season that they they considered themselves a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So there is yeah, a point and, where you have to look. And I, and you... I agree with both of you, but the thing is, is that like realistically, this time of year, you do have to start looking at standings because if you get yourself in a hole, and the Flyers experienced this like before the 2019-2020 season, they experienced this year after year after year, where early in the season they would put themselves in these holes and they'd have to do unreal things to try to climb out of them. And I don't know if if anybody in the front office can truly assess what the real like a ceiling is for this particular team because you haven't seen it play and so to me I mean and this is just me speaking to me I'm sitting here looking at like I don't know what the true capabilities of this team might be I don't know because I don't know what Kevin Hayes is going to come back and look like everybody I've talked to who's had that injury says you come back for the first year and you're not yourself like you kind of need a full summer on top of a year of the rehab and playing to feel like your old self again. And we don't like actually know what Ryan Ellis is dealing with. It's never totally been confirmed to us with 100% certainty, but his is clearly a nagging similar type of thing. So I don't know if the ceiling is as high as we expected it would be with Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hayes coming back from what they're coming back from. So I'm not, 
the front office does need to evaluate like what what will this team really be and who are they really currently and what do they have to do to be better currently. But me sitting here as a person who doesn't make player personnel decisions, I don't have anything to do with that. So I am looking at the standings going like how much further behind can you fall until it, you're in a hole where you can't you can't climb back out. Um, so it's it, it is a little bit concerning because it's like. I look at the Rangers and yes, their goaltending is bailing them out a lot. I mean, Shesterkin is unreal this season, but they're, they're not losing those games the way the Flyers are now losing those games. And Carter Hart and Martin Jones to start the season were both unreal as well. And I think that the Flyers have maybe bent that point to, to the place where it's starting to break, where they could score two goals. They could score one goal and get one point out of the game because Carter and Martin Jones would bail them out. Well, we saw how that went on Friday because Carter did play really well in the first period. Carter did bail them out in the first period. And sometimes if you just fall apart in front of your goaltender, there's nothing they can do to bail you out. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, I think front office probably can't standings watch, but like I can, and I'm not, panic button concern only because the middle of the standings are not that far ahead of them. And they do, they have five games in seven days next week, not this coming week, but the week after. Yeah. It's a lot of games in a lot of days. It's a lot of points you can earn too. So at the end, two weeks from now, we could be having a totally different conversation, but not if like some stuff doesn't get figured out. So see what happens. Right. And when you look and you look at those, the middle of the standings, as you're referring to, you see, teams like Columbus and the Devils, and I'm not sure before the season that everyone said, well, the Columbus and the Devils are playoff teams. So it's not like you have the stalwarts of the division all ahead of you, and there's not room for opportunity because I don't think anyone says, you know, Columbus is going to be a playoff team. Now, they might very well be, but I don't think that anybody says they are. I mean, that's a team that's gone – gone through a massive overhaul over the past you know i do months, think so i don't i haven't pret- i'm not gonna pretend like i watched a ton of columbus games but i have seen it here and there and i like jordan you know we talk about it in the writer's room at practice a lot i do kind of feel like columbus is playing the way columbus is going to play all season you know what i mean and same thing like the devils probably outplayed their especially jack hughes miles woodless devils team um, like they're playing at the level you'd expect them to play for the entirety of the year, maybe above it a little bit, whereas the Flyers are playing well below. So they like the Flyers should be way ahead. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, though. Like that doesn't matter. Should be way ahead. Whereas, like I think Columbus, and again, I've I've seen limited, and I've really based this more off of like talking to people who've watched a lot more than me. Seem like they are currently what they're probably going to be um but you know it'd be be nice the flyers currently would be what they were going to be as well and they're just not so we'll see i don't know this is i hate losing streaks they're really annoying to cover (laughs) there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. As Taryn said, losing streaks are not fun to cover. They certainly are not, and they're certainly not fun for people that make the decisions, like Taryn said. Uh, The problem for me is... We went into the season saying the Flyers could not make any more excuses. Um, I even justified some of their excuses after last season. Um, I thought they were valid. Elaine Vigneault pleaded, though, for a normal season. He has a normal season right now. The Flyers said they would make changes in the offseason. They made a lot of changes, and the results are not better. This is actually the worst 20-game start under Elaine Vigneault and Chuck Fletcher in their full years together. Full being, I said full, not four. This is obviously their third full season. But this is their worst 20-game start. So the normal season has not helped. The changes have not produced results. So, you know, th- that is, there should be accountability there. And um, the Flyers do need to fix this. They need to get this right. But I do wonder if the Flyers can get healthy in time. Can they stay in it where they do get healthy? Because I think Ryan Ellis is that good. I think he's that important. To me, the reason the Flyers were a mess last year, number one reason, they had a top pair defensive hole. It was a massive hole. They didn't fill it. Um, they had a rotating cast of people up next to Ivan Provorov. That's why they were a mess. They've they still have that hole. <laughs> they've they've had that hole plugged for four games out of these twenty, and I think it's I think it's starting to truly show. They don't have a top pair guy in that huge, crucial role next to Ivan Provorov and. I think if they can get Ryan Ellis back, he, he could be back by January 1st. They're, they're in it, and he's healthy. Um, maybe this team could be something, but I think he's that good. Do you guys think this is on all the injuries? Do you think this team's not good enough? Um, or do you think they really need Ryan Ellis? Taryn, what do you think? I think they desperately need Ryan Ellis. Yeah. Um, I just <sighs> – I wonder if they're good enough with Ryan Ellis just because of Ryan Ellis's future availability. Um, like I was worried about when he came back, what he looked like. I'm still worried about when he comes back, what he's going to look like, but the game that he was back, he looked good. I mean, he didn't, it wasn't a, when he came, when we found out he was injured the next day, we were all kind of like, wait, what? Like, because no, none of us picked up on it. I didn't, I mean, at least nobody I talked to picked up on it um, because he looked good um but I do worry about you know the narrative around him very much especially when that happened became like oh well this is this is what you got like look at what he did in Nashville look at his injury history blah 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 
So even getting Ryan Ellis back, I don't have a ton of faith in like that he'll be able to stay back. Just ba- just squarely based on history as an indicator and the nature of the injury, it seems like he has. So, um, but no, I think I think they terribly, terribly need him back. I think much like Kevin Hayes, his absence is not a plug and play with a different guy type of absence. It's an absence that absolutely affects the rest of the lineup in a way that makes the Flyers so much leaner depth wise. And, um, and you can really only hide people for so long. That's how, that's really what I think the problem is. The Flyers tried and successfully for a while tried to hide how lean their lineup was in certain ways. And if you want to be a very good team, you cannot be that lean for that long. Derek Broussard, imagine what we were anticipating, which was like a fourth line with maybe Derek Broussard, Zach McEwen or something, and throw a Nate Thompson on the wing. For like, I, We originally envisioned Wade Allison there, another injury we just totally stopped talking about, but hopefully he's close to coming back. Um, that fourth line is and no disrespect to anybody else who's played on the fly, that fourth line skill-wise should be so much better than a Bunneman, Willman, was it McEwen third line last night? I, like, Bunneman, and what's his face? AV talked about it. He was like, we were anticipating, like, Lazinski would be our call up or Wade would be somebody that we would have up and, and maybe Morgan would be a shot. And all of a sudden Morgan is your second line center. You got two guys you weren't even anticipating really calling upon this year coming up on the regular. And, and you go from having Derek Broussard, who's played very well at second line center, not even being available, nonetheless be available to lift up the, the level of play of your third line or maybe even your fourth line. So yeah. it's just, it's like you look at the the injuries and the way they've impacted, like the ripple effect of these specific injuries is so significant. And again, like I said, it, you cannot, cannot hide injuries like that for a prolonged period of time. It affects too many areas of the ice and of the team. Um and I think that's what the Flyers are running into. They they survived that early stretch without the first segment without Kevin Hayes and Ryan Ellis. They survived it. And I think all of us breathed the sigh of relief that Dallas game. We were like, Kevin Hayes and Ryan Ellis are coming back. Like we made it. We made it this far. They hadn't lost consecutive games. Let's go. We're back. Like we're here, whatever. And then they come in and they go right back out. And you're like, oh my God, we have to cover again. How are we going to do this? Yeah. So, which, which is mentally also just like, screws with your mind i would imagine if you're those guys like you all feel like you covered your own butt for a while and and then you feel like okay we're gonna get really good now and then it's like lol and vm <laughs> never mind so that's that <laughs> joe uh how, how do you think the flyers move forward here can they do enough to stay afloat to get these guys back um I think they can make the case that yes, we do believe we'll get healthy, but it's it the the troubling question is where will this team be when they do get healthy and will they stay healthy? Well, I think tightening up some of the stuff that I talked about earlier, just that alone could get you some because 
as I mentioned, it's not the guys that weren't we weren't anticipating being on this team that are making some of these glaring errors that happen every game. It's the guys that were going to be here regardless. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that needs to be tightened up in practice. It needs to be a it, – it, there needs to be some sort of statement made by someone on the team to tighten up some of these mental lapses and things that are going on during the game that are directly leading to goals. Um, you know, it's interesting, too. Usually, like last year, a major problem was discipline, right? They would take bad penalties. The other team would end up on the power play. They would score. It's not even that this year. It's just five-on-five play, giveaways, and just um, complete breakdowns of fundamentals that are leading to goals. And we saw it in the last two games. It was glaring as could be. Um, So I think if you tighten that stuff up, then you have the, the ability to stay afloat, as you said. But no team that makes the mistakes that the Flyers have made in the last two games is going to stay afloat because you're going to have – it doesn't matter if it's the Carolina Hurricanes, the New Jersey Devils, or the Arizona Coyotes. Pick the worst team in the NHL. If you make if – you, if you commit turnovers and mental lapses like the Flyers have in the last two games, there's not a single team in this league that can't beat you when you play and play that way. It's just that simple. So – that stuff, if it tightens up, I think they can stay afloat. Uh, if it does not, then it's going to be a long season. It just will be. And I think anyone to a man – I mean, listen to the guys talking last night. They're all saying this. I mean, Ivan Provorov said they need to be stronger on the puck. Definitely a true fact. They need to, you know, cut down on the turnovers and the giveaways. True fact. So the players realize it. And – it, it needs to be corrected. And, you know, maybe today is that mental break. And then they go out and have a good practice tomorrow and kind of, you know, get back to some sort of equilibrium starting with Wednesday's game. And I think that's the best we can hope for at this point. It's it's not a great spot to do that going up to the garden. Um, you know, but – if you go up there and you get a win against the Rangers who have been playing well, that's kind of a jumpstart-ish type of win. It's not like you're playing a team like Arizona or Ottawa or somebody where you can go, oh, well, we were supposed to roll over this team and we did. Yeah. This is a team where you can go out and you can make a statement in that game and win um, and have it have residual effects uh, from winning that game on the road. So let's hope that's what we see. There's so much to explore in Valley Forge and Montgomery County, PA. Montgomery County is composed of charming towns and main streets, each with its own personality, style, and unique vibe. Whether you are looking to get away with family or enjoy a special trip with friends, leave behind the stress of planning and use our guide to find some of the most amazing things to do. Explore which town and main streets suit you best or visit them all. Visit MakeItMainStreet.com to plan your getaway today. Yeah, for the Flyers, they're really they're in this, a gut check time for sure. It's early in the season, but it's certainly a gut check. Um, 
we're going to see how they come out of it, who will be here if they do come out of it. Uh, I do think Ryan Ellis is that important, and I do think it's something that if they can stay in decent shape when he gets back, he can be that big of a factor. A lot of people will probably say, well, oh, he's a defenseman. Is he going to score goals for this team? Well, yeah, one, he is a pretty decent offensive player, and he's so good in the defensive zone that when you're not playing defense a lot, uh, you're playing more offense, and as a result, you're scoring goals. So, yes, I do think he would help them in goal prevention and goal production. So I do think he's a vital player. I think he's he was the headliner of their offseason. They, they've had him for four games, whether that's on Chuck Fletcher, because maybe you should have known about his injury history. But at the same time, it's really tough to predict the injury that he had. Um, he's 30 years old. A lot of defensemen play at 30 years old, and they, they, they stay free of injury. Uh, weird injury. He said he's never had it before. Uh, but they need to get him back. They need to get healthy, um, and they need to somehow get get through this. I think one win could do it, Taryn. Do you think one win can, can just get the losing streak out of the Flyers' heads and can maybe put them back into a decent spot uh, moving forward? Uh, I think it depends on how the win happens, to be honest. Yeah. Like, if they win another game where it's 2-1, the power play sucks, like, all of that, that doesn't help because all your problems are still there. Your goaltender probably stole a game in that situation, which the Flyers have been relying on outside of like the first two weeks of the season. Uh, I think they need to go and have a game where everyone just explodes. Everyone's effort is off the charts. The power play, even if it's a horrendous, horrendous goal, just a power play goal to get like the mental – because I did, I, I did. I talked to Scott about it, and he's like, "Yeah, it does it does start to it frustrates you? Like you when you when you come off the ice, right? Your power play units off the ice, and you you didn't you weren't the one who broke the spell. Like you weren't the one who figured it out. Especially when you don't even get chances. Like the amount of clears against the Flyers' power play has been absurd in certain instances. When you go to get off the ice, like you're pissed. You're pissed at yourself. You're pissed at the situation." And it leaks. It leaks into other parts of what you're doing, whether you're a pro or not. Like, it, it just happens. That's how it works. Um, and they need they need a game where kind of the issues are addressed, and that's how the win happens. They need a game where maybe they score five goals. Score five. They haven't scored more than three since October 27th. So even four. I'll, I'll negotiate. I'll take four. Like score a couple more goals. I would like two of them or at least one to come on a power play. And I, it's like, and I want to see like effort exploded. I, I think when I watched Scott Lawton last night, when we watched Pat, uh, Zach McEwen, what game was it that Zach McEwen was like the only guy working his butt off, whatever that game that was like last week. I can't keep my day straight. Well, well, he Zach had that game against Calgary where he was all over Kachuk, and he was he was the most noticeable flyer. Um, yeah, but it was a loss. It was it wasn't that game because it was a loss where it was literally like Zach McEwen is the only player playing right now. I think um, yeah, he, it was the Lightning game, and they lost the four Lightning nine. game. Yes, yeah, and like where I want to see a game where everyone is playing the way Scott Lawton played last night, the way Zach McEwen played in that game. Like everyone looks like they care so much. And I don't think it's a lack of interest. I don't. I think it's a it's a loss of confidence and a building of frustration. But like you saw Scott Lawton before in pregame, Scott Lawton was like, I'm not good enough right now. I'm mad at myself. And he went out and he played like it. And it and it helped the team. 
Um, I want to see that from from Sean Couturier and Travis Konechny. I want to see it from Cam Atkinson. I want to see it from, you know, Travis Sanheim and Risto were having a good stretch of games. I want to see that from them. I want to see it from Provorov. Like, you want to see it from every single player because I just think it's it's gotten – things have gotten leaky. Like, confidence has gotten leaky and frustration has leaked in. And you almost want them to, to be right now at that point where you're almost like, all right, we're at the bottom. We can only go up from here, so screw it. Let's just try to go up at 100 million miles per hour. And if they don't, I don't know. I really don't know if a 2-1 type of win, Jordan, turns things around. I don't think it does. Yeah. I think a big a big statement type of win has the potential to turn things around. But they've they've collected points over this losing streak, basically relying on goaltending and a single goal in a game. That doesn't change things. Like you need you need the actual process to change. I I personally believe. So true. Uh, I, the Flyers had a pair of 2-1 wins that were pretty good wins. One over the Capitals, one of the better teams in the league, and one over the Flames, also a top, I would say, 6-7 team, I believe. But like Taryn said, that did not make them that did not make them right. Uh, it probably overshadowed, if anything, the process issues. So yeah, that they they need to correct issues. They need to score, they need to have a game over three goals. Uh, they need to really have a breakout game where a lot of things go right, not just only a few. Yeah, Jordan, I, I would totally agree with Taryn. And we we talked about this on the pregame show last night. The Flyers need that get right game. Now, last night would have probably been the opportunity, the better opportunity than Wednesday at the Garden to have that get right game. But of course, they they did not have anything close to that last night. And it is a game where you need you need everything pointing in the right direction. You don't want to come out of the game. So you you had mentioned one win. You don't want to have a win where you go, okay, they won the game, but in that second period they were awful again, just like they've been all year. Or, um, you know, how that that second goal that the Rangers scored, they you know there was that uh, horrendous giveaway that directly led to the you you want you want to see everything trending upwards, and it's been a long time since we've seen that um, with this team and. They, they need that get-right game for to affect everything. They, they needed to affect everyone, every player, the coaching staff, and the whole feeling around this team. They need that. And, um, you know, as Taryn said, a 2-1 win isn't, isn't going to get that done. It has to be more of a, a – um, you, you want to say a blowout. I mean, it's tough to say we need a blowout against – the guy who's probably the best goaltender maybe in the league right now, mm-hmm. but that's the kind of statement you need. Yeah. If they go to Madison square garden, a, you know, a place that a lot of players look forward to playing in um, a place that uh, has a great vibe and aura to it, they can go there and get a, you know, a morale boosting win. Um, that could be really good for the Flyers, but and MSG was a, a bugaboo for them last year too, so that would be nice yes. because they fell apart on Broadway a couple of times. Yeah, although this team is like basically an entirely new team compared to that one, but still, yep. I covered those games. I remember them vividly. Yeah, and how can we forget Lord, the Travis Sanheim Phil Myers game? Lord have mercy. Yeah, what were they like a minus six? Each oh, was a minus man. six. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. And Elaine Vigneault's old stomping grounds, too. So it would be quite quite the place to really go and get right. 
Uh, but a lot easier said than done for the Flyers right now. Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Sorry, Jordan. I know you're the, the question asker, but I have a question. Were you guys at all – am I the only one who was – well, I know I wasn't the only one because Scott was kind of on the same page as me. Were you guys surprised when we got the email that says Flyers will not practice today? They resume practice on Tuesday? I personally was not. Um, I think with the postponement of Tuesday's game, it just made sense to really give this team – a day to decompress and then get back with a really active, aggressive practice on Tuesday. Every old school like hockey fan listening to this right now is just screaming how soft you are at the. I can hear it. I can hear it. Not that I don't agree with what you're saying, but like I can just hear the choirs of of like middle aged men who are just like that's soft. Back in my day, that never would have happened. I can hear it. Well, and I think about it, I, they had three and four. The only day they had off was Thanksgiving. So they had three games in four days. The only day and I off. Think you have to look ahead. Like you do. I know I keep bringing it up. You do have to look ahead. Five games in seven days. Right. I, right. Like AV has said, I've never experienced that in my career. No. I, I do think you think about like at the end of next week, how are these guys going to be like, they're going to be held together by tape and band-aids. So – yeah. No, I, and I, that and that five and seven stretch includes a trip to Arizona and Vegas. So it's there's travel and like big travel included in that too. Um, I I would say, you know, it when you looked at okay the the Islanders game got postponed. It made sense they would have off Monday, but given the way that they played, mm-hmm. um, my only question would be: Would they just practice them both days leading into the game? Yeah, they I mean, I guess you could because you'd have opportunity on the other side. There's three days between the next game, so, so you could definitely get a day off in there. What Scott had said in terms of, like, from his experience, what the approach would have been under different coaches he played for, I found interesting was he was like, we would have practiced. We, I mean, he said it on air, so if you guys tuned in for post game, you heard this, but if you didn't, what are you doing? Um, he was like, we would have practiced tomorrow, just based on the way this game went, we would have practiced tomorrow and hard. Like PKers go a hundred percent at the power players, hammer the power play for as long as you just hammer it. And then Tuesday's practice, you make really light. So, so everybody's feeling really competitive. Like you really worked out your anger a little bit. And then Tuesday you have a day to recover and feel good. And then you head up to New York and you play the game on Wednesday. I wonder how hard they're going to go tomorrow now. Um, I just wonder. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just – I did – I thought, oh, they'll definitely give them off because the Islanders game got canceled. And then the way the game went, I thought, oh, shoot, they might actually practice tomorrow. And then they didn't. And I was like – especially after talking to Scott, I was a little touch surprised. But then I look at the, their schedule over the past two weeks, and I look ahead at the next two weeks, and I'm like, it technically makes sense. And AV's a big like research guy. Like he'll listen to his sports science people and all of that. And I'm sure their overwhelming commentary was probably like, give them the day off when you can. Um, but I was still a little surprised, if I'm being honest. And it's no coincidence that uh, three of the coaches Scott played for that would have done that Barry Trotz, John Tortorella, and Peter Laviolette. So mm-hmm. <laughs> those, uh, that, that's no surprise with any of those three coaches. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, look at what. Barry up until this year has been able to do in New York and what Laviolette's done with Washington. You're kind of like. Absolutely. And Barry Trotz is the main reason that I'm, 
I'm not convinced the Islanders are done because Barry Trotz is the coach. Yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> not not that they won't bounce back. I don't know that they'll after all the COVID stuff. I don't know that they'll have enough jam to steal Laviolette. I don't know they'll have enough jam in them to bounce back. You know what I mean? It's the COVID stuff is tough. Like it really, we saw it last year. But I look at the way COVID has absolutely wiped some of these teams. Even if the guys feel okay, it just screws up your schedule. It screws up practice time it screws up everything and a team like the islanders who are a defensive minded team they don't score a ton that's like a max effort all the time sort of Mm -hmm. style of uh, system that barry trotz coaches and you'd figure that a a met if it i mean we what is it eight players now um if that runs its way through the team uh that's not exactly the style of play that is going to have you know, the co- it's not, not that anything is affected positively by COVID, but you could really see it having a, a longer-lasting effect with a team that plays the style that a Barry Trotz team plays. Indeed, indeed. And the Flyers play a very similar style, so they're going to have to try to get back to that where they kind of, you know, pin you down the offensive zone and live in there. Um, they have not been living in the offensive zone. They've been playing a lot of defense, and that's not a Liam Vigneault style. But uh, – We'll see if they can get back to it um, as we get closer to Wednesday's game at Madison Square Garden. Certainly a big one uh, for the Flyers as they try to get out of this six-game losing streak and get right and get healthy. Joe Fordyce and Taryn Hatcher, thank you so much as always. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you both. Cannot wait to see pre- and post-game live coming up. Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru, a big thank you to Ben. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.